another episode of the ECU Pirate Podcast. Introducing your hosts, Scott and John. What's up, Pirate Nation? Welcome to the ECU Pirate Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Walker. With me as always, John Tart. What's happening, brother? Hump day, hump day. Well, when they hear this, it'll probably be Thursday. But this is hump day. This is hump day so for we're halfway us. there. And halfway we're, there. we're barely over the hump. Barely. I don't even know if I am yet. Really. Uh, ooh, long week, guys. Long week. But uh, we're coming off of a win, so it's been a good week. Hey, while we're getting started, let me go ahead and plug our social media. On Twitter, follow us at ECU Podcast. Instagram, Facebook, ECU Pirate Podcast. Facebook, we're giving away uh, giving away coffee mugs and, and all sorts of stuff, guys. If you're funny. If you're funny. Otherwise, we're not. Yeah. We're not really giving. If you you're anything. lame, you get nothing. Yeah. You get a you pat on get the back. Like. Better luck next year. Actually, we'll like it if we'll you like put it, it. over. We'll, we'll, that's about it. We'll like anything, guys. Uh, John, man, I, I, what, what's going on with uh, our team? What's going on with them? Well, there's some news on the ECU front. A uh, lot of news. A lot of things have happened since the last game. First of all, another win, like you said, so that's good. Always good progress. We'll cover that later. Uh, some of the downsides, some things that haven't been real good. Tim Irvin Jr., officially off the team. He was suspended a few weeks back indefinitely. Yeah, he, he was suspended. I think he missed the first. Yeah, he missed the game before the hurricane. Um, Two games? Missed, uh, yeah, yeah, so he missed a few. But now he's officially off, and they won't say why, just that he uh, violated team conduct. So whatever that means, it's between them. Well, you know, I know he was a four-star four recruit, came from Auburn, but – you know, I I never noticed a big difference with him on the field. I never thought he was that big playmaker. And if he's having conduct detrimental to the team, then, I mean, you can't have that. I look at it this way. If there's only one guy that's being that way on the whole team, and even if he was a four-star, you're going to have random – with a program that big, you're going to have guys doing stuff. And he was a four-star guy, yeah, whatever. But he wasn't contributing in hardly any this year at all anyways. So. He was a – when was he – when was he a four star in two thousand uh, yeah. and coming out in twelve? Yeah, two, two years. Oh man, I'm old. Right. I can't remember. But look, two thousand and whenever. I mean, listen, you're not contributing like a four star, so I don't care about the four star system. By the time you're a junior, senior, right. yeah, I mean, it just depends on the specific person and cases. I mean, you see recruits all the time. Even if you were a four star, it doesn't mean you play in college like a four star. That's right. So he's off the team. So that's one cornerback down. Then another cornerback, Keyshawn Kennedy. He actually quit the team. Uh, he said he's going to transfer out. But officially he has quit, according to Scotty Montgomery, in an interview on Tuesday morning. Well, I have no inside info on it, but I, I guess he just wasn't happy with his playing time, his role on the team. It must have been diminishing and decided to transfer. Yeah, I think he was like third string on the roster for the cornerbacks, which is always nice to have the depth because now you got two guys gone from the cornerbacks. But, I mean, I can't blame the guy this day and age, you know, now as it is. You can transfer after four games or something like that. They changed the rule this year. So the guy got a few reps in this year. He wants to go somewhere else where he maybe can play a little better. Maybe he'll go down a little bit as far as eh. D2 or something. You never know. Who knows? Who knows? It's just, you know, it's the way the game's played now. You see it in all sports. They don't like the team. They don't like where it's at, and they transfer out. It, it is what it is another day in the life. The only bad thing is it hurts the defense because that's two cornerbacks that were probably – especially Tim Irvin Jr. He, he played a few games, played a few snaps. Keyshawn Kennedy was just more depth. But that takes away from a need needy spot. I mean, last year they weren't very good at cornerback or defensive back. And now this year they're decent, but you take two guys off the depth chart. 
it doesn't hurt them a whole lot right now, but maybe well, as the like year goes said, on. Well, like you said, you lose some depth, but I, I, I never noticed a big, a big deal when they were on the field, so there's that. Yeah, and then uh, in other news for ECU, uh, oh, ECU has baby. now – They've now got a replacement game, possibly, for the Miss Virginia Tech game. I'll let you tell more about it. December 1st in Raleigh, we're going to hopefully play the NC State Wolfpack as long as neither of us are in the conference championship game. Also, so there's going to be that. That's going to be a big game. I'm very excited for it. Hopefully, they will be going for wins six, seven by then. But we've also uh, set up to play State another two times in 2025 and 2028. So, you know, another home-and-home kind of thing where we're going to play State in 2025 there and 2028 in Greenville. Um, Playing State, first of all, man, it's always good, always a good rivalry game. But, uh, man, they're pretty doggone good this year. (laughs) Yeah, whenever they first announced it, I didn't really necessarily necessarily believe it, not only because – just that it's an odd timing. It's the last one of yeah. the year. But then next year, ECU and NC State start, to start the season yeah. in Raleigh and the same exact thing. So it's back-to-back uh, regular season games, which I thought was kind of odd. But it does make sense. They're right down the road, two teams that obviously need that 12th game unless they go to the championship. But that's the thing. NC State's, I think they were ranked preseason number three. They're leading the conference now in their conference. They got a chance to be in that championship game. It's just a matter of if it does happen. Well, you know, I'm an optimist and a homer, so hey, you see, you ain't out of it neither, man. That's true. <laughs> so that sets up at least four more games uh, with NC State. One this year to end the year, December 1st. Then the first game of the year, regular season next year uh, in Raleigh, both of them. Then a game 2025 in Raleigh and 2028 in Greenville. And so it's always straight. fun to play another in state school. Uh, the boys love it. They get pumped. They get hyped for it. It's just always a great time to play in state schools, especially if we win great great bragging rights. And you never know. ECU, that might be the win that they need to get a bowl game. So there's a lot that can be on the line right there uh, in there. If I was you, I would go ahead and, if you're going to go up to Raleigh, book your hotel now because they're going to get slam-packed. And uh, if you're interested in that game, tickets, I mean, they'll be they'll be pricey. But yeah. get your, get your bookings now. Last time I was in Raleigh uh, for an ECU football game, I can't remember what the score was, but the entire Carter was it Carter Carter Finley Carter Finley Stadium was chanting purple and gold. So let's hope to do that again. We'll see how it goes. But uh, but yeah, that's the news for ECU. That's what's new from ECU. <laughs> we need to soundbite on. Yeah, that I might. One. I need to get a drop. What's for new that. for ECU? I like. Where's that. Jeff when you need him? Come on, Jeff. Please You're step it up. Please, we love Jeff, you. Please. <laughs> We'll shout All right, out man. We're coming off a win. We got what's new. Let's talk about the game. Might as well. Old Dominion and East Carolina. All right, guys. 37-35 ECU. Woo! Always big to get a win. I don't care who it is. A win is a win, and it's a good thing. Reed Herring led us with 24 of 42 for 309 yards. He had three touchdowns. Also had two interceptions. Holt Naylor's led us rushing. He had eight carries for 63 yards. Anthony Scott went 15 carries for 62 yards. And we had, I can't remember what the others had right off the top, but they were around 40. I think they all had at least four yards a pop. I think Hussein was four yards. and Yeah, Hussein had five for 20 for four yards. And 
Darius Penix, the other one, six for 37. So right around that 40 yard line. Long week, guys. My mind's not working now. Full fledged. Penix actually averaging 6.2 in that game. Not bad. That's a good crop of running backs. You know, Penix, they all bring something a little different to the table. Uh, From the defensive side of things, big game for the defense. Nate Harvey, three sacks for Nate. The great Nate with three sacks (laughs) on. uh, (laughs) We're going to put that as his. That might be his pirate name if he had one. Uh, Kendall Futrell, or Futrell, two sacks on the day. Nine total sacks for the defense. Holy cow. Did they show up uh, and show out? I mean, I don't know if we had nine total sacks last year, guys. So, wow, kudos to the defense. And kudos Corey, to the Corey defense. Sargent had an interception as well. So, it was a big day for the defense. Always getting better. Defense, man, you can just see it night and day getting better. Um, man, so 37-35. Let me say one quick thing. I've heard a whole lot of rumblings of, we only beat Old Dominion by two points. Hey, John, how many – how many points did Virginia Tech beat ECU by? Uh, Virginia Tech didn't play ECU. How many? Oh my bad. How many points did Virginia Tech beat ODU by? Uh, Virginia Tech didn't beat ODU. Okay. Yeah, so, ODU pulled off the greatest upset in the history of college football and beat Virginia Tech. So. Look, you watch them play; they figured something out on Virginia Tech, and they kept kept it going. Man, that's a pretty doggone good team. Yeah, they uh, they're a little quarterback man. He just he takes a lick and they keep on ticking. He was getting thrown down, pushed around, hurried, sacked all day long. But like we said, that man stood in there and can chunk the ball when he needs to. And all day long, what was he doing? Like we said he was going to. He's going to throw it down deep to his wide receivers. Mainly, uh, Duhart, we talked about, he had eight catches for 104 yards against ECU. Uh, We said he was going to be a big one to contain. But luckily, last week, we said there would be two big guys they got to worry about. ECU only had the wrath of one with 104 yards. So. Defense did a fantastic did. Defense job. Defense did a good job again, guys. And, hey, man, don't underestimate these teams. Old Dominion, it might not sound like a powerhouse, but you can't be terrible and beat Virginia Tech. I don't. You just don't beat Virginia Tech and you'd be terrible. They, they're a good team. And they had two rushing touchdowns. We came touchdowns. around with a win. That's the important thing. Two rushing touchdowns. One guy had 20 carries for 57 yards. The, the defense shut them down. I mean, if you really look at it, after that first quarter, both teams scored 14. And, by the way, what another fantastic first drive from uh, from Peterson down on the uh, the thing. Trayvon Brown is a man amongst uh, boys. boys. Girls. It's ridiculous. I don't know. He had a one-handed catch to start oh, the yeah. game. That was phenomenal. I mean, it was like ODB or something. It, you can see his NFL level talent, and he expressed it, that part, and it was amazing. I can't remember where it got ranked on. Uh, what was it? College Game Day Live when they were doing the recap top yeah. ten plays. It was up there. Was it number eight? It should have made Sports Center top ten because it was it was pretty amazing. Oh, Andy drug his toe, catch. got it in just in enough time. As a player. It was one of those where you either have to practice that all the time or it's just natural skill to do that. But our man Trayvon Brown throwing you a touchdown. Throw it to Trayvon Brown. That's right, he's a player. Because he had another touchdown right after that, or he had a touchdown right after that great catch on another really good catch. He's a player. The dude was putting it out. I think he uh, – what did we say he ended up the game with? With uh, 79 yards, four only four catches. But 79 yards. Four awesome catches. And a touchdown and one big one of 46 yards yeah. to start off with. That was really impressive, that touchdown that he caught there. Um, so, he got it done. But, once again, all the offense, all the wide receivers, they spread it around pretty good, just like Reed Heron. We said he's known to do. That's right. Taj Deans led us with uh, receptions. He had five catches for 48 yards. Blake Pro, 
Mr. Bojangles himself had three catches for 70 yards. DeAndre Ferrier, four for 40. Darius Penix had three for 39. Darius Penix, man, making his uh, presence felt. Anthony Scott, two for 17. I mean, we, we just spread it around. Everybody got in there, got some catches. So kudos to our Reed Herring and the offensive coordinator, Coach Mo. They do a good job spreading that ball around. Never, never keying in on one person too much, especially here lately. They kind of fixed that a little bit. We put Reed Herring in the crow's nest last week, and he showed up 309 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, but one of them wasn't his fault. It was off the receiver's hands. Yeah. And uh, it would have been a big gain as it was, but it's just one of those things that happens. Uh, he showed he showed what he can do. I mean, he doesn't have the greatest, most powerful arm, and he's not going to put up 500 points a game. But the guy's been right there 300 every single week, Man, two, three could, touchdowns every week. He's got a solid arm. I, I think some of the worries about his arm strength is a little overdone, overset. He, he throws it around solid, man. I I don't know. I, I don't get where some of that comes from. I guess because he's not freaking Tom Brady or something. But, <laughs> I mean, I think he's a pretty doggone good quarterback. I mean, he's a sophomore, too. His first real year, like we talk yeah. about all the time. Uh, something interesting, the coaches must listen to us, especially the offense. You're welcome. Because uh, they only rushed Holt Naylor's eight times this week for 63 yards. He got another touchdown as well. Last time he rushed for, I think it was 12 times for yeah, 12. Uh, some yardage. But – we said, oh, if he stays in that 7-8 range, just kind of mix it up, we'll do just fine. Turns out that exactly happened. I'm still waiting on them to throw that deep bomb on somebody with Holton. I think that's going to catch somebody sleeping. Glad we didn't have to use it against Old Dominion, but I'm ready to see it out there. I like this uh, this breaking it up, moving things around, making defenses you know, adapt to what you're doing because if you got a guy that can throw it for 300 yards, you got a guy that can come in and run it on a wildcat kind of thing, for 60-something yards. Um, if all What they really need to do is if they can just get a little bubble screen game going too, they'll have every bit yeah. of the offense that they could do because sometimes Reed Herring gets pressured a lot, and he did at the end of this game, and he makes some weird throws, but if they could work those into checkdowns for him, that offense is really going to start showing up. Um, not the greatest rushing game, but, I mean. Enough to keep the defense honest. It managed, and they managed the game, that's and enough, that's what they wanted to, to do. Enough to keep the yeah. defense honest, and. I think that's what this offense is designed to do is keep the defensive honest, keep them from being able to just, you know, play the pass. They got to play the run, too. Hey, we, uh, let's uh, – Before we do that, I'll, before we move on, I'll say that uh, I think our guy was possibly the player of the game, Jake Verity. He ended up kicking the uh, the game-winning field goal. It was the only one of the day, but it was the most important one. He put us ahead 37-35, to 35, but it was 37-34. Uh, so, shout-outs to him, the golden guy with the golden foot and the golden hair. Well, it's kind of brownish. Wow. Yeah. Gold. I'll the gold golden everything. Boy. He's the golden boy, Jake oh. Verity. <laughs> or Veritas. Man, he's got a boot, too, man. He could boot yeah. that thing out. It was a 38-yarder, but still, I mean, it's a pressure situation. Oh, oh for sure. you got to have nerves of steel. you got to have uh, ice water running through your veins on that. But don't ice the kicker. But don't, but don't ice him, yeah. yeah. John, uh – well, before I talk about, again, how terrible we are at predicting the actual score, you did almost predict our score. I was pretty close with just the ECU side of it, if you take, you know, what we said. So, halfway right, maybe, 50%. I said it was Rider, be, Rider than we've been. Yes. <laughs> Closer than we've been for one part of it. Rider than me. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I said we'd have 36. So, where we were right was that and a good game from Reed Herring we said he'd have a good That's game right. so we were right on both of those counts but where were we wrong Scott 
Well, we were wrong, but if you listen to us, we made you right. So let me explain. It's confusing. But we both predicted, I think you said, what, 36, 17? I said yep, yep. 21, 17, That's 2017. Correct. And if you and, but when we said it, we sa- I said, we're wrong. So take the over. Go way over. Right. Take yeah. the over for the total points because we are wrong. So technically, in that regards. We, we helped you out. Yeah. The, the, so we're getting better. <laughs> we at least know that we're going to be bad in telling you yes. how to vet this. And if you can get any benefit about or any benefit out of uh, us telling you our terrible predictions, then good. Please do so. Send us a, uh, a tweet saying so, and we'll be sure to help you out maybe later on down the road with the NFL stuff as well. Probably that, not because we're terrible at that. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, you know, we, we predicted – I said to stay away from the line of the game. I didn't trust it. I told you if you had to to go over, but it ended up being under. But, again, I was very unsure about it. Told you to, to lay low. But – Hey, we're two and two. Two and two, we got the rest of the season, man. I think we're on the right path. I think we're improving. We're getting better each week. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season now that we're buckling down into conference play. Yeah, out of conference is out of the way and already set up another one later on down the road. Well, yeah, I uh, forgot about you that. got one one more uh, day, basically, before you start on the uh, conference stuff or one more game. Um, this, no, this is yeah. yeah we got a conference. Yeah, state, yeah I know state. This no, no, no. brand new news to us. It yeah, it's off. throwing me off. But um, yeah. So that's at the very end of the season. So we'll close with them. So we're we're in conference. We're in the the, the swing of it right now. Well, before we get into the conference play of things, uh, let's take a little break from the action. Halftime, mateys. And we've reached the half. Uh, Halftime for us. You know what that means, what we do each and every week. And it might be different next week. We might ha- have a new sponsor. Uh, we're hoping. We're working yeah, on it. We're working we're, on it. It's in the works. But for this week, UBE is taking our spot. University Book Exchange. I nah, finally figured out what nah. it means. I, I told you what it – no, it's – you better evaluate. You better evaluate where you be shopping. They've actually taken that trademark. So, yeah, yeah, good for them. Good for them. I'm, You're uh, welcome. Happy for them. UBE, run with that. Make Sell plenty of t-shirts. Hey, guys, if you're thinking about sponsoring us, you also get great trademarks like that right there. Yeah. So, even the more house. reason. We're not even going to charge them for it. No. Nah. Uh, speaking of not charging, they're not going to charge you much at UBE, though, because they got a lot of clearance stuff going on. They do. They do. Man, I think we talk about it. Columbia shirt, all sorts of just different things. And their whole selection is awesome. It's got everything you need as a Pirate fan. Some of the stuff we're giving away for your pirate jokes have been from UBE, so you see a small selection of what they got. Uh, we're going to give away a lot more stuff later on, but we also want you to go and grab stuff from them because the more stuff you buy from the podcast, the more stuff they give to the podcast That's to give right. away. So go there and tell them uh, Scott and John from ECU Pirate Podcast sent you. Welcome back to the ECU Pirate Podcast. All right. First half out of the way, we talked about last week's game. Now let's talk about the big game coming up against the Temple Owls. It is a conference game coming up, so let's look at the American Athletic Conference because we've done a lot of -of out-of-conference stuff lately. So now I want to cover the – I want to see what's happening within the conference itself. The American West is where ECU finds its home, leading the way uh, with some conference wins. All four teams are 1-0. Central Florida, last year's national champion, depending on who you talk to. South Florida Me. already played ECU. They're 1-0. Uh, Temple 1-0 as well, who is the opponent this week in the same division. 
Uh, Cincinnati 1-0 as well. Connecticut 0-2 in the conference. And East Carolina 0-1. You look on the other side, SMU, Tulane, both 1-0. And Navy 1-1. All the other teams in the conference. Uh, Houston hadn't played any yet. And Memphis and Tulsa 0-2, 0-1 respectively. Man, I think um, in this conference, I think that maybe you say UCF, they're the runaway favorites, obviously. Defending national champions, right. of course. Man, I think everybody else, I think we're about on that same playing field. I, I don't think there's anybody way better or way worse. Well, maybe except for UConn. Cincinnati's got a, a better team than I think people give them credit for. They're 5-0. They they they're do. one of the few undefeateds along with UCF and South Florida. That's a tough division. You're talking about three ranked teams or possibly ranked teams. But I, I think us, Temple, South Florida, as we saw, I think we're all right there together. Tulane beat Memphis. I think Tulane, Memphis, Houston maybe. They might be a little bit better, but they're always capable of laying the egg. So if, I, I think I think there's a lot of us all right there together. I think if ECU can aim for fourth or fifth in the conference, uh, probably behind UCF, South Florida, and then in a combination of you know, like Cincinnati or somebody, maybe even Houston might come along. Um, if they're in that fourth position, Scotty Moe's done a terrific job if you can get to that position at the end of the year. Well, uh, he, he's, he's improved from last year. That's obvious. We I talked about it before. We've won two games and played two close games, so that puts four good games we've been a part of, and last year we were only a part of three. So, improvement. I mean, you can look at the games. You can watch the games, see we're getting better. And at least this year, man, I think every game we play is going to be a dogfight. I think we're going to be in it. We're not going to get blown out. So, I, And I think we're going to win a few more. I think we're going to go bowling. I've been on the record saying it. I'm beating my chest and saying it. I'm going to say it even if we have no chance of winning it. <laughs> if it's the last game of the season and we've only won four games, I'm saying we're going to win six. I'm going down with my ship like a true pirate. Big game this weekend could get us to one and one. Uh, could get ECU to one and one in the conference. Zero and one right now. A win versus Temple would get us back, to, or would get ECU back to five hundred. Uh, so let's let's look to the game coming up against the Owls from Temple. They are uh, what's their record on the season? Temple Owls. They are two and three, and they are one and zero oh in conference. They beat. Let's see who they beat. Oh my well, they, goodness. They beat uh, um They beat Villan- they beat they beat Villanova. They oh, no, beat, excuse me, they lost to Villanova. They beat, they beat Maryland. Tulsa. They yeah. beat Tulsa, Maryland. Tulsa, Maryland beat Texas. Yeah. Man, I think it's another team that we're gonna be right there with. I think we're on that same category, same playing field. We're gonna see, man. I, I think this is a good test for us too. Definitely a good test. Uh it's at Temple. They're one and two at home this year, so it's not like they have a crazy huge yeah. home advantage. Uh, they've put up some def- decent points in the games. The losses to Villanova, that was 19-17 to 17 they lost. B- Buffalo, 36-29. to 29. Uh, Boston College, they put up 35 points on a Boston College team that was supposed to have a decent defense. A pretty good team, too. Uh, then they have wins against Maryland. They put up 35. Tulsa put up 31. So they're averaging uh, – what's their calculations there? See, they're averaging – hold up. I just put it in my brain. They are averaging 29 points and giving up 26. That's impressive. That's well done. Thank you, man. That's uh, Grantham Education. Grantham Education. Thank you, Billy Joyner. Yeah, so they're giving up about, uh, like you said, about 26 yards or points per game. So that's around what ECU's been putting out. Yeah. It's right around that same point average. So 
defense got to show up, but the offense looks like you can actually score on these guys a decent amount. I, I think so, man. Tell me uh, how many yards a game are they averaging? 5.3 yards per play. They average about 357 yards per game that they, uh, they're putting up on teams, but they also let teams score about 370 yards on them. So that's a big yardage number, and that's right there. Kind of what ECU's been playing, 300 yards. It's pretty average for Reed Herron, 60, 70, you know, for each individual as far as run game. We can get somewhere over that 100 mark for the total for everybody would be pretty nice. I think it would be over their average, but it would certainly be right in ECU's average to get, you know, 100 yards from the run game, 300 yards from the passing game. I don't see that as impossible. That's not a big stretch at all, at all. Again, man, we just do such a good job even running the ball. You know, we don't have that one hoss that's going to get you 100 most of the time. But we're going to have about, I don't know, at least three running backs with about 50 yards, it seems. Well, two in Holton, at least. So, I mean, we, we, we're going to be able to get 100 yards. And, again, 300 passing, that's not a stretch at all. Previewing their defense a little bit, last week against Boston College. Boston College got a really good running back, A.J. Dillon. He had 28 carries for – 161 yards and two touchdowns. So they can be ran on by the guys. Now, obviously, Boston College doesn't have a great passing game, only 139 yards, but two touchdowns from their quarterback, too. So their quarterback's throwing for touchdowns. Maybe Reed Herring can capitalize, uh, really take advantage of what seems to be not such a fantastic Temple defense because they let Boston College put up 45 on them. I'm I I think we're going to do some work on him. I'm expecting a big game again. I, I I really like Reed Herring as long as he's healthy. I think he could put up some big numbers, make some good decisions, spread the ball around. Against Boston College in the last game, their, their quarterback, um, he had no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, but their running back, the Temple running back, had 24 carries for 171 yards and four touchdowns. So – the Temple run game is strong. Four touchdowns from anybody in one day is impressive, but attack 171 yards on top of that, that tells you right there ECU's defense has got to show up to stop the run game. If you can make them one-dimensional, 255 yards with no touchdowns from their quarterback, something like that, uh, that would be a pretty good day for the ECU defense. Uh, limiting like they've done, just giving the offense a chance to just go out there and chug along, chug along get three or four touchdowns on the other team. Uh, the defense, they've been doing it all year. Defense has been stellar all year. So much better than last year. I mean, it's night and day. My mind continues to get blown just to see how much better they are. And I think they're going to have a great opportunity to prove that against Temple. I, I, I think we're going to do a good job. I think we're going to hold them a lot lower than Vegas says we're going to hold them to. I really like what they've been doing now that they've kind of limited – as far as on the offense, uh, the running game from the quarterback side of it, I like that they're tricking, moving things up. And you said something earlier that you think maybe they were holding a little bit back as far as waiting until conference play perhaps from the offense. Man, well, and I'm not in practice every day. I, I have my own job to deal with. But, uh, man, I just think that I wouldn't want to use Holt Naylor's bomb against ODU if I didn't have to. I'd love to say that, save that for a conference opponent, opponent. And I think against Temple's a perfect time to unleash that. Surely they've let him throw a little bit in practice, not oh. just running the Wildcat, because you got to have that option there, that run-pass option. And if you're ever going to use it, now's the time. Go ahead and get back to 500 in conference play. 
let Colton Naylor or Holton Naylor's run wild um, and let him throw a little bit. I man, you know, I again, I like Reed Herring throwing the ball, but if you want to put him out there, everybody's expecting run, thinking run, a short pass. You got to imagine that bomb's got to be open. And if it works, it keeps working every week with the Wildcat thing. Keep using it. Uh, yeah. We don't think we want to use it 12 or 13 times like we have in the past. No. But somewhere in that 7 to 8 range, once again, if things are working, use it till it stops working. That's right. That's right. One of the biggest things that we need to hit on, though, is uh, the defense. Losing Tim Irvin Jr., this quarterback, Temple's quarterback, I don't think he's going to be able to throw it downfield quite as much as uh, ODU did, obviously, because their quarterback just could chunk it, and they had two big guys downfield. So I don't look for them to do that. I look for it to be probably just a grinded out game with their uh, their running back. And you know Blackwell's Blackwater defense trademark trademark. He, he when you talk to him, he said it himself. He wants to shut down that run. So I think that's going to fit right into our scheme of things. Black Black Blackwell, you talk to him. He's a smart guy. You could tell it by just how much our defense has improved. How much better we are. I think if you're one-dimensional, I think our defense is going to get the better of you. Yeah, and nine sacks in the last game, they're getting better. Yeah. They're getting better every game. Nate Harvey just – I don't know how it's possible that he keeps getting better. Let's go ahead and – let's get to it. You want to get to the crow's nest and All who's right. going to walk the plank yeah. this week? <laughs> it's that time, man. All right, our crow's nest goes out to our most valuable offensive player. John, who do you think is going to be? This week, we're mixing it up. We've uh, we've done Trayvon Brown. We've done Reed Herring. We've done Anthony Scott. We're going Holt Naylor's this week. Oh. I think he's got potential for this Wildcat run game, possibly passing game, to really show up, show out, and uh, full temple. That's the Holt noise Naylor. of him dropping the bomb on him, too. He's, he's going to throw it deep one time, probably to Trayvon Brown. Catch him oh, off guard. Oh, man, you got options, though. Like like we said, DeAndre Ferrier is a player. Pro, I mean, there's there's more options than – man, I'm, I'm just – I'm impressed at how stacked our receiver corpses. We've got a lot of people to choose from each week from the Crow's Nest. So, this week we're going out on a limb, going with the uh, the freshman, Holton Aylers. That's right. Now, who do you think, Scott, we've got to uh, make – almost did it too early. I went a little too early there. Who is going to make Temple walk the plank? Well, every time we do this walk the plank, we believe in each defensive player. And no, no offense to anybody, but we've kind of been kind of cute with it. We have, and um, we try to pick some randoms. And defense is hard to pick. But I mean, they, they've been yeah. good, good players, solid players. They're going to continue to contribute for us, but we're not going to get cute this week. There's yeah. only one player it needs to be our guy, Nate the Great. Harvey. Harvey. That's right. Nate the Great is going to show up and show out. Tell you why he is Nate the Great. That's right. No cute. We just, he's going to beat him up. We're expecting big things. I mean, he's been doing big things all year, so nothing's going to change. Pressures, hurries. Maybe even, I feel like an interception is coming from him. Fumble recovery. He might just take the ball from the quarterback in the middle of a handoff and run it back. back. Yeah. Be like, thank you very much. That's mine. (laughs) And see you later. So, yeah. Nate Harvey. Nate Harvey, Holt Nailers, our players to look out for. Now let's move on to the uh, – we got to make our bold predictions. Oh, baby. Now uh, each each week we do what Viva Las Vegas right. thinks the game's going to be. So tell me what it is, Scott. All right, Vegas has the line at 10.5 or 11, depending on where you're looking. 
Alright, I cooled off last week. I, I told you I didn't want any part of that line. Give me all of it this week. I'm ready. No way Temple's freaking 11, 10 and a half points better than us. I think we're all about the same level, tit for tat. We're right there and they're together. There's very few teams that are 10 points, 11 points better than us in the American. Take the get take the under. Get No, no, they're not better than us. That many points. Go in strong. I haven't steered you wrong when we told you like this. Yeah, the over-under from Vegas, 53 points total. We'll, that means we that told you wrong plenty of times on that. They think the final score is going to be 32 to 21 or somewhere in that combination right around that area. That's a lot of points to be given away to Temple. I'm with you. I, I don't think there's any way Temple scores 11 more than ECU. No, so, no. Uh, take the the team here that's the underdog in ECU for 11 points if you're a betting man or lady. <laughs> Now, what do you think? No, no discrimination. The, yeah, here. we don't we don't discriminate. That, that is so old. All right, final score. We talked about it. Normally, we don't talk about it. We kind of just throw it out each other. I don't. We talked about it this week, and um, we're pretty close. We're pretty close together. So, guys, you know what to do. Go the opposite way. I have the final score. Of course, we're going to get seven on the first drive. That's a given. Peterson, he scripts it up every time. He like does. A great does. Romeo Juliet play. He does. And um, I think we want to get about, I'm going to say, 24 points. And I think our defense is going to hold them to 21. I really like our defense. They're one dimensional. 24 21. Pirates are. I'm right there close with you. Uh, last week I was one point off. This week we'll see how it goes. Vegas has it 32 21. I'm going 28-24. ECU adds another W to the list. Gets back to 500 in conference play. Three and two overall above 500. Scotty Moe will not be on the hot seat. No Moe. Not be Scotty too hotty after this game. Uh, people, I think, I think they're going to surprise. Really come out 28-24. I don't think it'll be that close uh, of a game. But I think at the end, Timbo's going to probably score some random uh, touchdown or something like that to get it close. But, yeah, we're, we're predicting – Predicting a tight game. So, if, we're, if you're looking at total points, we are predicting the under. So Which means probably you should take You over. should 100% take the over. And, again, we're going to be wrong and right at the same time, which is the way to do things. We'll figure out a way to be right, even if we're completely wrong. And that's how we Don't do. worry, because that's that how is we the, roll. That is the ECU Pirate Podcast promise it right there. It is the motto we have it written on the wall. <laughs> and it's in ink, too. It's not in pencil. <laughs> it ain't coming off. Alright guys, that does it for today's episode. Make sure guys to go and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on Instagram No, on Instagram and Facebook it is the ECU Pirate Podcast. On Twitter it is Pirate Podcast. Go like us, you never know what's going to happen. You might even find things like I don't know, a pirate joke? Uh, Do you have it pulled up? The one, what we did last week we had a contest out. If you gave us a pirate joke and we used it on the podcast we're gonna give you the mug that we had in our picture for facebook and it's cool looking mug cool looking mug as a coffee lover i need to add that to my collection i guess i need to go to ube and i need to so i could go evaluate what coffee mugs i have so let's uh, let's hear it. Have you got it pulled up? Yeah, yeah, I got, it's all in my mind. Okay, here I we go. It. All right, for first off, first this off. week we're gonna say who the winner is. We're gonna do the joke first. Um, we'll, we'll we'll shout out the winner first. Okay, all right, yeah. So big shout out to Alex Howard. 
Come in Alex. clutch with this joke. All right, John. What is a pirate's favorite fast food restaurant? Can't be McDonald's. No. No, it's not Bojangles. No. So that's Blake Pro. That's Blake's. So what is it? Arby's. They have the meat. <laughs> Again, shout out Alex Howard. And Alex Howard, you have the joke of the week, so you're gonna get uh you're gonna get the mug. Congratulations. It's gonna keep you up at work. Be sure to take some pictures of it so we can uh, share it on our Facebook. That's right. And if you want to get in on it, find us on our Facebook, like Scott mentioned earlier. We'll find you on there. We'll try and follow you back on Instagram or on Twitter as well. Add to your follower account. So uh, that's right. Hey guys, thanks again for to- for tuning in, listening to us, and uh, till next week, paint it purple, Pirate Nation. Peace out.